You're listening to the God-Centered Mom Podcast with me, Heather McFadden. As the mom to four young boys, I know motherhood's hard, but sometimes I think I make it even harder than it needs to be. I'll worry about my needs being met or I'll spend so much energy trying to make my boys happy that I forget that if I would take my eyes off me and my eyes off my kids and keep my eyes on God, that those desires would grow strangely dim and their contentment would go up as I'm led by his spirit. I also forget that I'm surrounded by God. He is going before me in places that I'm fearful of. He is walking with me on the hard days and he's coming behind me, redeeming any mistake I made. So each week I'll interview a new guest and we'll discuss what it means to be a God-centered mom. Thanks for listening. You're listening to episode 61 of the God Center Mom podcast. Today, I'm welcoming back Francie Winslow. Francie was on episode four of the podcast um, over a year ago. And now Francie's back with a new topic. And Okay, don't hate me. But once again, here's the earbud warning. <laughs> this topic may not be suitable for children. And I promise it just so happens this came in pairs Um with the last podcast interview about the strip church and just talking about um, everything the Triple X Church is doing to help with porn addiction and the impact of porn addiction on marriage and um, intimacy in marriage, I was talking with Francie, who's a friend of mine, and she was sharing this new message God has placed on her heart after taking a break, which she'll talk about later on the podcast. God really has impressed upon her the need to encourage women and to embrace this amazing gift they've been given uh, with sex and marriage. And she even talks about how she heard it was a gift. She she just didn't believe it. Um, and it's it's really a powerful thing and um, a, not just a duty that we have to do as wives, which when you have lots of young children, that's what it can feel like sometimes. Uh she talks about sex and marriage with such um, joy and a higher purpose and calling. I don't know. I'm thinking. I'm thinking. If you listen, your husband's going to be happy about it. Just saying. Just saying. And don't be scared to listen. There's no condemnation in this for those of you who are like, I know I should have sex with my husband. I just am so exhausted. These kids are spitting up on me and pulling on me and I'm just so tired. And it's hard for me to switch gears and be this hot mama, hot wife when he comes home. Um, Francie gives lots of great tips for making that switch and even her own little um, kit she's kind of put together in her bathroom to kind of help her make the switch. So... Um, that is our topic today, and just so you're not like, what in the world? Heather is all about the sex lately. Next couple of weeks, we're going to be talking about Bible study, so we'll be back, in, <laughs> be back in the Bible, but I really think this is an important issue to talk about that the church is not addressing a lot, and so, um, or they're just starting to. I think with the Fifty Shades of Grey, it's, it's kind of a conversation we're having, so all right. Are y'all ready? <laughs> Here we go. Hey, Francie, welcome to back to the God Center Mom podcast. Thank you so much. It's so awesome to be back with you. You are like one of my first, my top five, I think. Were yeah. you the second one ever? I don't know. I Way back when. I should have looked that up. I think I, it was a couple of Decembers ago. <laughs> and I'm still going. Still, still going strong. Can't keep me quiet. <laughs> um, I 
just was so excited to invite you back and just share all that God, ha- God has been directing you to lately. I know that um, last time you were on here, we talked a lot about freedom and and just the whole concept of prayer and inner healing and um, all that God's done in your own life. And so, um, I don't know, let's just go. Let's just, you know, tell people about your story now and what God's doing. And um, yeah, that's it. That's all. Awesome. Okay. So I like you. Oh, it's so good to be with you. All right. So here is the deal. Last year we talked about inner healing and um, just the power of God to set us free. And that's why Jesus died is to set us free. And so in the process, I kept on writing and blogging and speaking about whatever God was putting on my heart and put out the God experience. And it's just an ebook on my website that's for free. And I was just doing all this stuff that was really fun. Got to hang out with you at Declare. And right after that, God made it just really gently clear to me that He wanted me all to Himself for a while. And so I just logged off and kind of got quiet on the social media front and just prayed and asked the Lord to fill me back up and um, equip me for what's next. And so um, I would say I took a whole semester off of blogging and, um, which to some people listening who don't blog or you're not on, you know, social media or you don't have like, I don't know, the word platform is not a great word, but you don't have people following you and getting spiritual encouragement from you. It may not seem like a big deal to stop, but in the blogging world, that's a big deal to just say, I'm going to take a break. So <laughs> I was it was pretty much like blogging suicide. So it was pretty <laughs> No, it's not. It was so yeah. not. It was so faith-driven and you were trusting God. And um, I think that I think that it only strengthens yeah. what he's directing you to yes. now, right? That's what he always does. You know, obedience might look like a strange thing to do, but in you know, in the circumstances from the outside, but when he's driving it and pulling us along on a certain path, it's just so sweet. So yeah, it was so good. And honestly, I just felt, speaking of, you know, being a God-centered mom, I felt so much more refreshed as a mom being offline and being so connected and present with my kids and just got to really reevaluate what God is calling me to really be about um, as I write and as I speak. And um, there's this topic of sex and marital intimacy that seems to always come up in my conversations with my friends and with girls. And it was always coming up and they would say, oh, Francie, you've got to speak on this. You've got to write on this. And I said, I will never write <laughs> I will never speak on that because I was raised in the South. And that is just something that basically makes you blush and you move on. You don't really yeah. talk about it too much. Yeah. And so um, anyway, God in his humor and mercy has just been confirming that this is definitely an area that he wants me to step out and begin to share my heart and my experience and my story. So that said, I have um, kind of put a stake in the ground, and that's what I'm going to be blogging about and writing about. And funny enough, my entire semester, just by word of mouth, that's what I'm sp- booked to speak about a lot to moms groups mostly. And so um, that's what I'm excited to talk to you about today. He is focusing your heart on this topic. Yeah. And, yes. you know, there, another guest I've had on, um, Mary Flo Ridley, she teaches parents how to talk to their kids about sex. Ooh, and she just really got. Good. Yeah, she got picked um, at her junior league to talk on the topic. And she was like, seriously, not me, anyone else but me. Anybody else, yeah. And now she's spoken to like groups of doctors yeah. and yeah. like it's like her whole thing. And yeah, yeah I think I think God uses uh, uses 
whoever, someone's got to do it, Francie. We, we pick you. Well, God, God picks you. Know, he he is really so good. And when we step into the things that we think, oh, I would never do that, when we actually are doing it in his timing, there's such a grace on it. Yeah. And the last few months, or I guess since January is when my speaking schedule really started picking up, I have felt so much of his joy and mm. pleasure and peace as mm. I've been doing this. It's been fun and really fruitful. Spiritually, I've seen a lot of fruit in the women that I've been able to walk through with this. So well, all that to well, say. Okay, well, one, one, one second yeah. real quick, just for a general like principle for anyone ministering yeah. in any yeah. place, whether it's writing online yeah. or whether it's in your church or whether it's children's, whatever it is, you know, maybe the, there's, there's something to a sabbatical, right? Yep. yep. Land resting Rest. and yeah. um, picking it back up so that it is God's thing and, and the joy is back in it. Yeah. So be, yeah. you know, if you're in that place where it's, it's hard and it's not hard, it's hard because <laughs> you need a rest. You're doing yeah. it all on your own strength. Yeah. It's definitely, um, a good testimonial of how God can be good and gracious and Absolutely. direct you to something that can be even more life-giving. You, you are afraid to put it down. Yeah. Because yeah. What, what could happen if I put this down? I won't have, yeah. I won't have it. Yeah, <laughs> it's I know. my identity. And it's my identity. Totally. And the Lord asked me, he said, you know, Francie, are you going on your own momentum mm. or are you following me? Because yeah. it's easy to build our own momentum and just be like, well, I've built this. I got to hold it. But the thought of having to carry my mom, own momentum for years on end, I don't yeah. want anything to do with that. I only want to do what he's doing. So he is, he's so good when he leads, even if it's in a place where we feel like we, we may feel a little out of control. He's always so good and tender in that place. All right. So, so we've avoided it, but we're going to get back to it. We've avoided it. We're going to get back to it. So sex, yes, Francie. Let's sex. talk about let's sex, talk about maybe. I know. Uh, uh, I love that song. Yes. So... <laughs> We did want to give a caveat before we got yeah. too into this. Do yes. you want to do it? Yep, I'll do it. So um, I, I've i talked to this about this to a lot of women, and I it's on my heart just to say right out front, I am not a therapist. I'm not a counselor. I'm not any sort of professional, um, professionally educated person in this area. I am just a wife and a mom who's experienced the power of God healing me and transforming me. I've read tons of books, and I've had lots of good counsel and wisdom myself, but um, if you hear these words and they feel really um, painful or burdensome, or if you're in a situation that is any sort of abusive, having any sort of abusive elements, this talk um, may encourage you, but I seek you, I encourage you to seek wise counsel and professional counsel. This, this talk and the things that I write about are mostly aimed at women in marriages that are just fairly healthy and kind of right down the middle, just wanting to get a few tips and wanting to get some wisdom and inspiration for encouragement. But, um, if you are facing any sort of serious elements of addiction or, um, abuse, please get help. You are so worth it and, um, valuable. And that is, that's my encouragement to you this morning. So, or this afternoon, whenever you're listening to it, <laughs> get real help. And, um, this, uh, yeah, this is my story and my encouragement, but not a professional opinion. And why I wanted her on it's, it's her vision that God's given her. And for me, when I heard Francie share this, it was a reminder of, um, staying focused and purposeful on what matters most to God. And, so I hope you hear that. I know you will. The way Francie talks about sex, it is um, not condemnation, but uh, it, it may be convicting. It may rub you wrong because it's, you know, maybe not how you're approaching your marriage right now, but it's hopeful and that you can change it today. So yeah. I hope that you, I hope that 
you have hope. It's good. Yes. Hope. Okay. So what, tell us so, your story. All right. So my story, I grew up um, just a really good church girl. And I was so thankful that the church had a really uh, strong voice on abstinence. But um, I got married really young. I was 19 when I met my husband and I had all these um, voices of abstinence and be pure. And that was kind of how I was choosing to live my life the best I could. I wasn't perfect, but overall that was my motivation. And, um, but I didn't hear a lot of voices on how to have an abundant sex life after you said I do. Mm. So that was a bit of a void for me. So I, um, we met when I was 19 and then the, a few months later, right after I turned 20, we started dating. So we started dating in January after I turned 20, um, March, we were engaged and June we were married. So it was like, wham, bam. Thank you, ma'am. Really fast. (laughs) And, um, it was unbelievable. And my sweet parents are amazing. I think that they handled it with such grace. I would freak out if my kids did that to me. But anyway, we got married really fast. And what we realized through that whole process of just, we believed it was God and it was good. It wasn't rushed for any panicked reason, except we just thought this is God. Why wait? But after we got married, we realized, wow, we do not know each other from Adam. And we have a bunch of issues that are suddenly bubbling up to the surface that Mm. are coming up now that we have made this covenant, made this commitment, made this forever promise. It is hard. And so the very first thing that I love to share when I talk about sex is the reality that God is my healer. He is Jehovah Rapha, and He is the one who heals and makes us whole. And so it was just super evident when we first got married that we were broken Mm. and we needed God to fix us. And so it was insecurity. It was fear. It was um, feeling that, you know, we had issues from our past of shame crowding us out. I think that's what I talked about some in the Freedom podcast we did last year. And so that's where I, I began my marriage was the reality of how broken I was and how much I needed healing. And so we would sit for hours on end on our pink couch, like I talked about in that podcast, Mm -hmm. saying, God, we're broken and we need you to heal us. And, um, he did. And he's so faithful. And the more we came to him with our very present issue, the more he would reveal truth and point out where we had been believing a lie or where we needed to forgive or let go or receive his grace um, and how he wanted us to be one in on all levels as a married couple, that nothing would come between us. Mm-hmm. And so one day after we'd been doing some healing prayer and just really fighting, learning to fight for each other instead of against each other Mm. in that process. I sat on the floor and I just said, God, how on earth do I love this man? Mm. I don't know how. And I started looking up every Bible verse I could find on marriage and love. And I just had all my concordance spread out all over the floor. And I found this one verse in Philippians 2. And it says, it's Philippians 2, um, 2 through 4. It says, If any of you want to make my joy complete, be like-minded, have the same love, be one in spirit and purpose. Do mm. nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility consider others better than yourselves. Mm. Each of you should look out not only for your own interests, but for the interests of others as well. And the Lord stopped me in my tracks in that moment and said, that's one thing you crave, that you cannot figure out how to get like-mindedness, having the same love, being one spirit and purpose. You want that oneness. You want that connection. It was a real missing link for me. I was just craving that oneness, that feeling of being one with Him and asking God, how do I get that? How do I find love? How do we make love happen? How do we get on the same page? And how do I love this man? And the Lord said, here's how you do it. To get that level of oneness you crave and to love this man well, consider his needs before your own and watch what will happen. Mm. So I started thinking through that and I started thinking, hmm, 
how do what are his needs and what does it look like to consider those before my own? And the biggest glaring need in my face at the time was sex. All the books were saying it. I was reading it everywhere. And he was, you know, a young testosterone driven man who was obviously thinking, I'm married now. I need lots of sex. And so I was coming to this point of thinking, okay, this is his need, but I'm scared to death of sex. Because like I said, the church as a whole, all the books I had read as a teenager, all the voices I'd heard were all about abstinence, but not about abundance Mm. after you say I do, after Mm -hmm. you get married. I had no clue what to do. And so the only thing that I knew to do was to follow this word that God had given me of consider his needs before your own. So I started saying yes. Mm. Every time he asked, every time he gave me that look, I said yes. And I purposed in my heart to be a generous wife. I had read that through some book, just the thought of being a generous wife. And I wanted that. So as we were getting healed by the Lord, we started also having a lot of sex. And it (laughs) ended up being that we had sex just about every day for the first year of our marriage. Wow which is insane (laughs) and beautiful, actually, because God ordained sex for marriage. And we were not only coming together in prayer to find spiritual oneness, but we were coming together physically to find that marriage oneness that God ordained and set apart for us. And there was something powerful about uh, those two combined, that it wasn't one without the other, but that it was definitely the physical um, element breaking off even the fears that I had about sex being bad. I mean, you mm-hmm. would laugh at this, but the some of the voices that I had about sex growing up were kind of funny. One lady in particular, I remember overhearing her talk and she said, you know, girls, I just don't know about this this mess of being business, being this business of being married. But what I really want is some affection without erection, please. Just wow. give me some of that. And then another lady who was really healthy and trim and beautiful. I was having breakfast with her one day and she said, you know, I have to be honest. I think I would just really rather have a cheeseburger than have to have sex again with my husband. And these voices were in my head before I got married thinking, this is going to be terrible. And then I start realizing this is my husband's biggest, one of his biggest needs. And so this is why having a lot of sex began to be the, was the process of God rewiring my thinking about how good sex is. The more we had sex and the more we came together for healing prayer, the more we saw him radically make us one and heal what was broken. And for me, it was a big misunderstanding of what sex is, how good it is, why it's good and the purpose of it. So um, I want to stop for a second. I really think that that's important for y'all to hear. Like we said, the caveat of of healthy relationships, a lot of that comes from too, if you have not healed from family of origin issues or maybe even abuse in your background, it's going to be really hard for you to trust and be intimate with yep. your spouse and you're not going yes. to want that one. You're not even going to desire the oneness yeah. because of the trust um, issues that you're facing. And that is where a professional needs to come in or um, maybe a women's minister or someone. If you know yep. someone who does healing prayer, that would be yep. really great um, to find that place so that you can, can not just be physical, but be spiritual and emotionally one. So, Yeah. Yeah. So that was kind of my journey up until that point was, okay, sex is not, sex is off limits. And then it's all of a sudden on limits, but I had no idea how to see it or experience the goodness of it. And so then we started having sex regularly and God started setting me free from all of this baggage that I was carrying. And I started realizing some things. So the, the journey that I was on was kind of believing, okay, sex is his need 
and I'm going to fulfill it as his wife, which is mm. very true. Mm. And the beauty of that is that I'm the only one designed to fill that need. You know, we, we might have a lot of needs as women, like connection or conversation or quality time. And we have friends that can fill those needs to some degree, mm. but sex is a huge need for our husbands. And we are the only ones who can fill that. It's really beautiful actually. Or and should, I think, or should fill it, right? Exactly. We're the only ones that should fill it. Exactly. And um, it's a privilege, really, and not a burden when I look at it that way. I've I've Mm -hmm. kind of believed for a while sex might be a burden, but really it's a blessing because I can step into that place and love my husband well. And as I loved him in that way and began to learn how to even enjoy it myself and and be free enough to have pleasure in it and really see it as a beautiful thing. I started realizing how powerful it was to emotionally connect us. That sex is like a a key that emotionally connects a husband and a wife. Mm. And um, it's pretty powerful. And one thing I I find that women often get tripped up on that I've talked to them about is that they say, well, I don't feel emotionally connected to my husband. Mm -hmm. So I don't really want to have sex because we're not really emotionally connected. Yes. And um, I've been one to say that. Yeah. I don't feel emotionally connected. And so I'm not interested. Yes. Yeah. 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 And so something's got to give, right? That's that cycle. It's a cycle. Something's got to give. And I found myself feeling that. And the Lord reminded me, here's the trick. This is not a, you know, be a dutiful wife and do all the right thing because you have to. This key of considering his need before your own is for your blessing. So if you think about considering his need before your own, so your need is emotional connection, but his need is physical connection. So if you're in a healthy relationship and you can say, okay, well, I'm going to, even though I don't feel super emotionally connected right now, I'm going to choose sex. I'm going to choose to to um, open myself up to him and just be vulnerable. Even when I don't feel really connected, the emotional connection follows. Yeah. It's like a key that opens them up. And I realized, is this just me or is this true for everyone? And I started sharing this with some of my friends who had really distant husbands or they're just workaholics and felt like there was just a lot of distance between them. And they started having regular sex with their husbands and they thought, oh my goodness. I, they said, oh my goodness, I had no idea. This is actually true. The emotional connection we're experiencing is so tender and way more consistent now that we're having consistent sex. And this mm. is post kids, you know, when everybody's tired. Yeah. And um, so I realized, well, it's, it's true in my friends' lives too. And then I started realizing it's true scientifically. Mm. So get this, when you have sex, there are several hormones released, obviously. Dopamine is one of them. It's the do it again hormone. It's the, the reward um, system where you do something and it feels good. So you want to do it again. Mm. And, um, I like to say about sex, the more, the more, the less, the less, Mm. the more you have sex, the more you want it. Mm. And the less you have sex, the less you want it. So if you're feeling emotionally disconnected and you say, well, I'm not going to have sex because I feel disconnected. Yeah. That's kind of like saying, I'm not going to work out because I don't feel like working out. Right. And then if you don't work out, you feel bad physically and you don't want to work out. It's this cycle of you know, it never breaks. What you do is you choose to work out and then you feel awesome. And then you realize, well, this feels so good. I want to work out again because it felt really good. It's the same thing with being intimate with our husbands. Another hormone that's released is oxytocin, which is the cuddle hormone, which if we don't feel super emotionally close, try having sex and then see what that does. It Oxytocin is released. It's that skin to skin contact that releases that hormone that makes you feel so intimate and close and good. And it, and it just doesn't happen automatically God triggers that through intimacy because he wants us to come together and be one. Mm. 
The last hormone is vasopressin, which is in men. So oxytocin is in women. Vasopressin is in men. And it's they call it the monogamy, monogamy hormone. And it's so amazing how God created our bodies because as men have sex, the person they're having sex with, this is why it's so powerful, they feel bonded to that person. Mm. So sex becomes not only a physical like need being um, taken care of, but it becomes a bonding agent like glue. Mm. So it's just so sweet. And I think as I've studied and as I've researched and as I've spoken and learned from experts and then talked to women, I just realize it's God's goodness mm. way back in creation that he made sex and he blessed naked Adam and Eve in the garden. He, the very first thing it says, he made them in his image. He blessed them and he said, have sex. Mm. And then what is even more awesome that gives me inspiration for the bigger picture of sex is that he blessed them. And then he said, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth, subdue it and have dominion. That is directly related to our mission on the earth to cultivate the land and to make this world, a beautiful place, a healthy place to bring the kingdom of God on earth as it is in heaven. It goes right back to his first thing he said to them, be one, be fruitful, be together. And as you do that, go on mission together as one Mm -hmm. to bring my kingdom on the earth, essentially. So it blows my mind to think about it way back in the beginning, how good it is. And it breaks my heart to think about how we as the world in the world, we broke. We, it's a broken thing, and so it continue continually perpetuates brokenness. Mm-hmm. But God has wholeness and healing for us in that area. And when we do a healthy sex life, regular sex in a marriage that has all those awesome hormones going, it creates a tenderness and a unity and a oneness and a connection that impacts our kids, our careers, yeah. the way we look at work every day. It impacts our communities, and it even impacts the culture of our country, because we are producing healthy families, healthy marriages, um, and everything about the way we live as a family unit changes when our marriages have that foundation that is strong and connected. So I think that's totally true. And also, like I was thinking back to your hormone thing, there's got to be something in men that it releases stress, right? Absolutely. There's got to be something there. And then as far as your kids, I just read an article that they were testing kids like when they first got to school in the morning and there was some hormone they could test in kids that could tell if their parents Hmm. were connected. Like it showed in their kids' hormone levels how connected their parents were from the night before. That is so amazing. I was like, oh my goodness. I have (laughs) no pressure. Completely, I completely believe it because, you know, that's how God made the family to be, that yeah. the husband and wife would be one and there'd be yeah. peace between them. There'd be that because there is like my husband and I talk about it. It's the coffee pot tenderness. <laughs> it sounds silly, but, you know, the next morning you go down the coffee pot and when we have really had a great night before, there is a sense of tenderness between yeah. us. And then our kids come down for cereal and they sense that tenderness and that gentleness between us. Mm -hmm. And then they benefit from that. And the environment and the atmosphere of our home has that sense of everything is right with the world. And how much better are they then equipped to just go to school with that feeling of my life? There's a sense of security there. So I think that's so, I would love to read that article. That's really good. (laughs) I don't know where it is, but it's in my brain somewhere. It's in your brain. It's in my brain. So it must be true. It must be true. But I mean, I think that has the effect. So their stress level being down helps them at their work. Your connectedness helps your kids at school. And it's having it, then it's having its ripple effects on the community 
at large and then, you know, a family staying together, isn't it like the core of our society is the family unit. So, um, the impact and, and even as Christians, like they will know us by our love if we can't stay in love with our spouse that we picked. (laughs) What does that say about our love? It's hard. I mean, I, I have family members that marriages have broken down and sure. And so I know, you know, it happens, it happens, but, um, I think yeah. that the what I loved about what the vision God gave you and the kingdom coming and how we bring that through this one thing we can we are blessed to do with our spouses is it just sets a higher goal to it than yeah. I'm just getting this done and getting it over with and all the negative messages we're getting from culture about yep. me 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 so I loved I love that but I know that some women listening they know they should have sex with their husbands right Yep. They know the positive benefits. Maybe they didn't have the, the overall God vision for it, so that was helpful. But how do you help them get over the hump of, I'm just not interested? Like, I, he comes home, I'm tired from a full day, of, especially the little years where you're just spit up on, you feel oh, gross, your hair yes. is still in a ponytail, you may not have showered in days, Absolutely. you feel gross, your body's not what you want it to look like. And so how how does a woman overcome those thoughts? Yes. Oh my goodness. Yes. Okay. So I, um, talk to women all the time weekly on this topic and I am right there with you. You know, I've got four little kids and I told my husband, you know, we talk about this a lot cause I write about it and he is so supportive and great, but I'm like, you know what? I have to tell you the truth. Switching gears at night is one of the hardest things that I do. Switching gears from being a tired mom to a hot wife yeah. almost feels impossible. Yeah. It feels like it requires superwoman strength. Mm. And so I started thinking about that because it is just really tough. And it's the it feels, it can feel like sex is the last thing I want to do. I just want to put on my big flannel PJs and go to sleep. Like yeah. put on the glasses, wash their face, and just Yes, go yes, to bed. yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Don't give to anyone else. You feel like you've given to everyone. You all feel tapped yeah. out. Yeah. You feel yeah. like you have been touched and pulled on and needed all day. You don't want to be needed again. Yeah. And I think it comes back to some very practical, I love to give women very practical, like you can do this, just start small and start with very practical steps. Because for one thing, our mind is our biggest sexual organ mm. and it changing the way we think will really help us in the long run. So I try to change the way I think in the morning when I know sex is probably coming that night. I start hours beforehand because yeah. if it's 8.30 at night and I am literally falling asleep, you know, while I'm folding laundry or whatever, I I just can't really get there too easily. But if I have started at 8 o'clock in the morning, right. I can take baby steps all day. It sounds kind of extreme, but it is such a blessing. And my husband comes home and I'm actually already switched gears. I'm already yeah. switching gears into wife mode as opposed to being like he comes in and I'm totally frazzled. So a it helps you reserve energy too, don't you think? Yeah, like when you know it's coming, you kind of like are rec- you're not expending it all everywhere else. Maybe yeah. to even friends. Maybe you don't call that friend that day because you're like, okay, that's a little more energy going someplace else, not my home. Absolutely, and yeah. that and that does get onto another topic, which I'm sure you talk about with self care. Like yeah. reserve something for yourself so you have something to give because yeah. we cannot be all things to all people. But God does call us to love our family and especially to prioritize our husband because he. He deserves that and we want to give that to him just like we would like for him to give that to us. So anyway, it starts in the morning. I change my thinking by 
actually simply thinking about sex. I could go probably weeks or months without thinking about sex. <laughs> yeah. It's not on the radar naturally. Yeah. It might just be the stage of life of being a tired mom. But I start thinking about my husband and start thinking, I just love him. And part of the process of thinking about him, think about thinking about sex comes back to me being thankful for him. So I would say one tip is start your day I, I'm thankful for my husband. God, thank you for these parts of my husband. Thank you for his heart to provide. Thank you for how hard he works. Thank you for his strong hands. I love his hands. Think about body parts that you love about him. The fact that he has broad shoulders or even just the way he holds you at night. Think about him physically. So think about the things you're thankful for about him and think about him physically and even text him that day. Hey, I was just thinking about how much I love you know, the way you look when you're mowing the grass or whatever it is, just something to <laughs> yeah. get your mind thinking about your husband. Cause we can be so busy with our kids that we find, I did not even think about my husband today. And then yeah. all of a sudden he's home and he wants to have sex. Whoa, yeah. that is too big of a jump. Yeah. So begin the mind shift early in the day. Yeah. This sounds a little silly, but even wearing cute panties. If you know you're going to be wearing yoga pants all day, at least wear some cute panties underneath that. So you (laughs) uncover some of the femininity, you know, some of the sex appeal that is in there, but may feel a little overwhelmed by spit up or yogurt stains or whatever it is. Um, Just practical things like that. I like to encourage women just to begin to change their mind to get into the gear. Another uh, tip that really helps me and that we absolutely do this is to schedule sex. So we make it a priority because if we don't schedule sex, it sounds so like old school, but if we don't schedule it, it probably won't happen because the truth is in this stage, we're both tired, right? He's working all day. He's tired. I'm with kids all day. I'm tired. So we schedule it. So we try to do it. uh, We have a weekly schedule where we try to do it about three times a week. And that is what we find to be a healthy rhythm for us. And so I encourage moms to think about and talk to their husbands. What is a healthy rhythm of sex for you? How many times a week do you want to have sex so that your connection your level of intimacy, your level of tenderness outside the bedroom, all of that is thriving. And it comes back to how is your sex life? And so we have settled on that. Uh, It's not, you know, a hard, fast number, but it's a good place for us. So we schedule it in and we know which nights we're on and which nights we're just going to hang out. And that really helps us to um, just continue to stay in that rhythm of connection. Well, I mean, think about going back to the like a workout, right? Like if you're going to, yeah. you're talking about the, totally. more, the more, the more, the less, the less. The more, the but more, like, the less. Now that I'm getting back, now that I've got this trainer, I mean, yeah. I am like with my friend, like, okay, we're going to go Monday, Tuesday. I mean, we're, we're scheduling in workouts or they're not going to happen. It's not like I'm just going to. It's true. I, I tell people that with their quiet time with God, like it's not just going to magically, just you're going to have these 15 minutes where you feel like opening your Bible. You need to, yeah. to, to decide this is a priority. I'm putting yep. it in first and other things will happen around it. So Absolutely. the priority is your spouse. You've decided this is this is God's kingdom work for me in this season. And, and with my spouse, this is something I get the pleasure of getting to do with my spouse that no one else gets to do with him and um, or should do with him. And then and then you put it in. I think that's very wise, especially in the season where we have young children and busy lives. And yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And, you know, I think about it. We schedule everything we care about. Yeah. That's what, yes. The priorities get, everything. They, get the, they get the mark. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. So, 
And I've just had to ask, Lord, change my heart. In times where I don't value it or don't want it, God, let me have your heart for this because you gave this as a gift because you knew we needed it. And you knew it would bear fruit, not just in kids, <laughs> but it would bear spiritual fruit and it would bear a, a sense of sweetness that comes doesn't come any way else. It's a gift. It really is. I think I've heard religious voices say, oh, marriage, sex is a gift for marriage. And it didn't have any sort of meaning for me. But the reality is it is a precious and holy and powerful gift. Mm -hmm. And I want to receive that gift from God and to celebrate it. So yeah, scheduling sex is a really practical thing to do. Um, And even just reserving time together to build intimacy in other ways. We schedule, we call it date night every night, but from eight to nine is our time every night. So we're not having sex every night, but from eight to nine, we are connecting, doing something, whether we're reading, watching a movie, talking, having sex, whatever. From eight to nine, that's our time and our kids know it. And it's become sweet because they know this is mommy, daddy time. Mm -hmm. And we just say, you know, kid time was awesome. We loved playing with you, reading you books, having dinner with you. Now it's your time to be in your room. You don't have to sleep, you know, depending on what the age they are, but this is mommy, daddy time. And we lock the door and it's just very clear. And so that has helped to reserve space because kids can sometimes overstep boundaries that need to be reserved for mom and dad. Because again, it gets back to the blessing. The kids are blessed when our marriage is thriving. Well, and it also sets boundaries on, you know, work for the yep, work thing, exactly. putting back priorities and, yep. it's you, huge. Know, you know, bloggers who overdo the nighttime yep. writing yep. and ignore yep. their spouse. So I think, you know, we found there was a season and I've talked about this on the podcast before, but we called it couch time. Once the kids were in mm-hmm. bed, we, we just met on the couch no matter what. It's good. And it ended up being a longer time. But if we could just say, meet me there and then, yep. yeah. Know, whatever happened that night, whether it was TV or hang out or talk. Yeah. I think. Yeah. And we, we have made that commitment to each other. We don't do, you know, our iPhones or our work or laundry, even all of it is done. It's just focused time. So we might enjoy like technology with a show or a movie, but we don't do stuff that distracts from each other. We only do stuff that from each other. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, and so the other, um, another tip that is good for moms, it's kind of funny, but I call it EMS early morning sex (laughs) is really helpful when the nights are hard for you because nights sometimes can be all you, you're just done, but both uh, mommy and daddy sometimes can feel more ready. And it's just really a sweet way. Like I said, like we talked about it affecting the way you go to work or the way you go about your day, connecting like that intimately in the morning, even if it's super quick, you know, just a really quick connection. It's really sweet way to start the day. So if that helps you, that might be a, a new way to think about it. If the nights are just really impossible. Yeah. Um, cause don't think about it, that it has to always be right before you go to bed and then you go to sleep. It doesn't yeah. have to be that way. Get creative. Yes. Get creative. Um, yeah, <laughs> lots of ways to get creative within the confines of marriage. It can yes. be fun. Um, so the last thing that I want to talk about is as far as practicals is a tired mom toolkit that I okay. created. So I call it that going back to the switching gears from being a tired mom to a hot wife, it's really simple. It's basically just a few bathroom supplies and I will, you can include it in your notes if you want to, but I basically just have a few things ready in my, in my bathroom and in my room, like a candle, a body powder that I just reserve only for, you know, night times with him, some wipes and a cute, fun outfit, a little bit of mascara and blush and mouthwash. And that's kind of my go-to at night when I feel like, oh my gosh, you want to do what? (laughs) Okay. I take a deep breath and then I say, just give me a second to freshen up. And I run up 
and I just get the stuff that's in my little toolkit and I freshen up, you know, it doesn't have to take an hour. It's just a minute for me to do switch gears and to physically say, okay, remember, I want to feel connected to my husband. And so I'm going to choose sex and I I get my, have my little toolkit. And then part of that is I sometimes self-talk and I say, even though I don't feel sexy right now, I feel tired and I feel like uh, my hair is greasy. I haven't washed it in a few days. I don't feel like that cute, you know, 20 year old Mm -hmm. at the pool or whoever I've seen recently that makes me feel insecure, but I am his and he wants me and I choose connection. And so between the practical items that help me switch gears and that little self-talk, that is really kind of my toolkit for switching gears from tired mom to hot wife. And, you know, I walk into my bathroom, kind of freshen up. And I just thank the Lord that I have um, a husband and I choose connection. I love this Tim Keller quote. He says, um, actions of love lead to feelings of love. Mm. And I've just reminded myself that over and over again, that I don't have to feel sexy to have great sex. Great Mm. sex comes after I choose to have sex. It doesn't come because I'm feeling like super hot, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, and the final tip for switching gears is just to pray. Mm. Say, God... I just need your help. God, thank you that this is a gift and I want to invite you into this. And it goes back again to the healing. If there's areas where I feel insecure or I believe lies about my body or about comparison, even, you know, there's so many issues with us and comparing ourselves even to our husband's coworkers or people that might be in our lives that make us feel insecure or less than beautiful. Mm. We can just say the truth is I am beautiful and I'm valuable and this is such a gift. So I, I thank you for this gift of sex and I receive it and I'm going to celebrate it. And um, yeah, so those are just some practical steps that I that have helped me. And um, yeah, I hope that it resonates with other moms who might feel tired like me and want more for their marriage. I think all the husbands are going to be very thankful that their lives listen to the God Center Mom podcast today. Yes. Yes. Well, thanks for bringing it up. It's a really, it's a hard subject to tackle. And I think that as the church, we need to talk more about it in a safe way, in a pure way, in a way that is really helpful and practical and not um, distracting, but really just builds up marriages. Well, I think as the culture and even, you know, the last weekend with the movies coming out and just all the negative voices, I was even thinking, well, this is kind of a tangent, but, um, how these women, these mommies are drawn to this 50 shades of gray because yeah. they want a man to take power. And, you yeah. know, like I'd mentioned to you, like if it had been any other stereotype of a man doing yeah. those things to someone, it would be disgusting and gross and horrible, but because he's powerful and successful, they want it. Yeah. So they yeah. want a man who leads and who takes charge. And yet in our homes, we don't allow our husbands to lead and take charge. We don't serve them. We, yeah. kinda, we kind of, we want it and we don't want it. We, we kind yep. of want to be the, the boss and get it our way, and yet we want a man to take charge. And and it, it's we're, we're twisting God's original plan. Yeah. And like you said, He has good for us. It's he so great. created things like He did for good, and he, when yeah. we, He's not to be legalistic. It's not to feel um, confined. It's for freedom and for joy so and for blessing. And so. To switch, our, to, to listen less to the culture and to listen more into God and to go towards your spouse. Um, so yeah. Well, kind. you know, it's, it's amazing, Heather, because I feel like as I have stepped more into this 
realm of trusting God and really seeking his heart for sex, I've found that I feel so empowered. Mm. I don't feel like a, you know, a little church girl that has to just, you know, just love your husband and do what's right and do your duty as a wife. I feel so powerful because I am, I have the power to arouse my husband and what you said, how it helps him de-stress, how it helps him. It lifts his spirits when he's discouraged from work. It helps him come out of a funk when he is shut down and doesn't really know why all of those things are powerful. We are powerful. And then I have the power and this sounds kind of funny, but to get the things I crave, the things I crave are his affection and his tenderness and that emotional connection. And I've realized that I'm powerful to unlock the key to all of that because he wants to give that to me. Mm. But with the pressures of life, it's just hard for him to get there. But when we have sex, it's like it unlocks it and unloads it. And I've heard that time and again from women. After we have sex, he's so talkative. He shares his emotions so vulnerably. That is what God intended for sex to be. It's that glue and that heart opener. And so it's such a powerful gift. And it's such good news for us as wives that Mm. we can be empowered in our marriage to really help take our marriage to the next level and not just to say, oh, just do it because it's the right thing, but do it because it's the awesome thing is what I love. <laughs> do it because it's awesome. Do Everything it because it's awesome. awesome. Yeah. No, I I think it's great. I'm so glad that that's what God's put in your heart. Um, and I, uh, I do think there's going to be some action at, in different houses tonight. After awesome. after people listen so to this, good. and I think all of you listening, definitely go follow Francie. Francie, will you tell everyone your site so they can? I'll put the links yeah. in the show notes. It's but. it's just my name, franciewinslow.com. and I will be posting more and more on my blog on this topic. Lots of practical tools and um, just hopefully helpful things that build you up as a wife and empower you to get all that God has for you as a wife and in your marriage and to see his kingdom come as you and your husband become one. So awesome. Love it. Yes. So follow Francie because there's more and more stuff on this topic. It's going to be popping up on on her site. So thank you, Francie, so much. We really appreciate having you today. Thanks, Heather. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the God Centered Mom podcast. If you're looking for more resources on how to replace me with he, go to GodCenteredMom.com. That's where you'll also find show notes with any links mentioned by our guest. I want you to really understand and know that God is just as present while you are washing dishes at your kitchen sink as while you are worshiping him in a church pew. He sees your service to your family and he is pleased. As it says in Zephaniah 3.17, The Lord your God is with you. He is mighty to save. He takes great delight in you. He will quiet you with his love and he will rejoice over you with singing. Have a great day.